Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. For as long as I can remember, I always struggled with two main challenges when practicing. One was simply getting started, and the other was staying engaged and focused once I got going. Staying focused in the practice room can be difficult for lots of reasons, of course, but I saw an article recently which suggested that our phones might play a role in this too, which initially struck me as being a little pointless in this day and age because A, there are a lot of really useful apps and tools that can legitimately enhance our practice on our phones, and B, good luck getting me to give up my smartphone for a phone that only makes phone calls anyway. But then again, you know how everyone likes to think that they can drive perfectly well while talking on the phone? But anytime you see someone doing everything wrong at a four-way stop, almost invariably they're on the phone. So is it possible that our phones are messing with our ability to focus in the practice room more than we realize? Well, I think we know intuitively from experience that our attentional resources are limited. So whether we're practicing in the privacy of our home or in a practice room at school, there's way more information around us than our brain can process. Like whether the articulation of your fast repeated notes is crispy enough or how much bow you need to save in order to be at the right place for the beginning of the next bar, or the sound of the person next door practicing, or your neighbor mowing the grass, or how happy your cat looks napping on the couch while you grudgingly practice your scales, or the notification that pops up on your phone. Tuning out certain things, like traffic noise, is not that big a deal, but there seems to be something qualitatively different about our phone. Studies have found that our phones have become such an integral part of our lives that we react to it in much the same way that we do to our name. Like when you're talking with a friend at a party, but overhear your name being mentioned behind you, at which point your attention is suddenly diverted to a whole different conversation. Because that device that you may be reading or listening to this on is not just a phone. It's your connection to a huge, exciting world of news, information, friends, work, and a life outside the practice room. So there are two major ways in which your phone could undermine your efforts to get the most out of your practice time. The most obvious way is when they ring, buzz, or vibrate. This shifts your attention away from thoughts about the phrase that you're practicing to thoughts about other parts of your life and what you might be missing out on. The obvious fix, of course, is to try airplane mode. The second way phones can degrade your focus is actually more subtle and more interesting. Our brain's tendency is to perk up when something interesting like a phone is nearby, And apparently, it takes cognitive resources to inhibit that automatic attentional response. In other words, it may not matter if your phone is on airplane mode, 
Its mere presence could be diverting some of your brain power away from the task of listening to the color of your sound or figuring out a better fingering or bowing. To see if this theory has any merit, a team of researchers at the University of Texas recruited 520 undergrad students and asked them to complete two challenging mental tasks. One involved completing a series of math problems while updating and remembering a random sequence of letters. The other was a set of puzzles that required completing a pattern. Both tasks were designed to be pretty challenging, so that the scores would be sensitive to how fully a participant was able to focus on the task at hand. To see what sort of impact phones would have on performance, one group was asked to leave their phone and belongings in the waiting area. Another group brought all their belongings into the testing room, but kept their phone wherever they normally would. About half kept their phone in their pocket, the other half in their bag. And then a third group was asked to put their phones on the desk in front of them, face down, with all the sound and vibration alerts turned off. As expected, those who left their phones in the waiting area performed the best, by a statistically significant margin over those who had the phone sitting on their desk. But despite the difference in performance, the vast majority of participants, about 86%, didn't believe that the location of their phone during the experiment had any impact on their scores which suggests that we may not be fully aware of the impact our phone is having on our ability to concentrate, kind of like believing that we can drive effectively while chatting on the phone, even though the drivers around us might disagree. As summed up by the lead researcher, quote, as the smartphone becomes more noticeable, participants' available cognitive capacity decreases. Your conscious mind isn't thinking about your smartphone, but that process, the process of requiring yourself to not think about something, uses up some of your limited cognitive resources. And when you think about it, there's actually quite a lot on our plates in the practice room. For one, you're improving your physical execution and coordination, your listening ability, and problem-solving skills. And then you're also deepening your understanding of the score and the musical and technical aspects of your craft, all of which requires as much of your cognitive resources as you can muster up. And ideally, you're also strengthening your ability to focus intently on the task at hand, past distractions of all kinds a skill that's essential in performance and ought to be developed in the practice room well in advance of the moment you walk on stage. So what's the main takeaway from all of this? Well, I don't know that you always have to keep your phone in a different room while practicing, and there are individual differences as well, of course, but it certainly wouldn't hurt to experiment with keeping your phone in a different room at least once a day or during practice sessions where you're already fatigued or having difficulty staying focused and need all the help you can get. And airplane mode does seem like a no-brainer. Conceptually, this reminds me a little bit of a martial arts instructor I had who scolded a student for being late to class. Not because it was disrespectful, but because of how important it is to have a few moments before class to transition away from one's life and get into the right mindset for training, to leave behind work, family, etc., and focus on being present. He emphasized that those who show up late, get dressed in a hurry, and don't leave time to make this transition not only learn less, but are also more likely to get injured too. A follow-up study by the same authors factored smartphone dependence into the equation, dependence being the degree to which participants felt like they would have trouble getting through a day without their phone. And they found that the greater the participants' dependence on the phone, the worse they performed on the challenging tasks when their phone was readily accessible. So if you tend to be pretty dependent on your phone, you may find it particularly beneficial to keep your phone out of sight when practicing. It's not the same assessment that the authors of this particular study used, but if you're wondering if you might have a bit of a smartphone addiction, you might have fun taking the short quiz developed at Iowa State that I've linked from the post at bulletproofmusician.com blog. 
You can find links to this week's study and other related practice hacks at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think would also enjoy experimenting with it during the coming week. And if you'd like to explore this sort of thing in more depth, whether it be to get more out of your daily practice or to get better at managing performance pressure and shrinking that gap between what you can do in the practice room and what comes out on stage, you can learn more about the live and self-paced courses that are available at bulletproofmusician.com courses. 